Welcome back, everyone. We're so happy to have you with us here today to at our Emerge podcasting episode number four. My name is Brian. I am one of the licensed massage therapists and estheticians here. And I'm Nicole, and I'm a licensed massage therapist, certified medical massage therapist, and certified cupping therapist. And we both work at the River Spirit location of Emerge. So today we're going to start this podcast by talking a little bit more about prenatal massage which is something we briefly touched on in the last episode, but it's kind of its own thing, so we wanted to give it plenty of time to talk about. So there's, there's different schools of thought on prenatal massage and pregnancy massage. Uh, so, you know, your therapist's views are gonna differ based on who taught them. In general, it is agreed that massage is very good for prenatal care um, under the right circumstances, though. So it, it's a little tricky, prenatal massage, because it's technically a yellow light contraindication. So there are conditions where you can do it but have to make modifications, but there are also some conditions where you're not gonna be able to do it at all. So one of those is gonna be in the first trimester, which we talked a little bit about in the last episode. If you're in that first trimester, most massage therapists will not work on you. Um, there has not, to my mind, been enough research done on prenatal massage and its effects on the pregnancy and its tendency to cause miscarriages. Um, that being said, it's better to err on the side of safety, in my opinion, and most massage therapists I've talked to agree on this. So we won't do massages, generally speaking, in the first trimester of your pregnancy. Once you come out of that first trimester, as long as everything's good with the pregnancy, you're, you're all fine. Uh, we can still do the massage. There are, are some other conditions where we won't be able to do it. For example, if you've got preeclampsia, not exactly safe. Um, if your doctor has diagnosed you as high risk or put you on bed rest, we're probably not gonna do it. If you've got a note from your doctor clearing you for massage during you know difficult aspects of a pregnancy, such as um, being at high risk, then definitely bring that and we'll still be able to accommodate it. But generally speaking, if you've got something going on like that during your pregnancy, you're not going to want to seek prenatal massages. And a caveat on the, the first trimester uh, for prenatal massages, most spas are classify the first trimester as 12 weeks. Some classify it as 14. I believe ours is 14 weeks. Once you at are past that, it is safe to come get a massage from us. Uh, other, than If you are before that, please let us know when booking so that way we can schedule your appointment for after that 14-week mark. Absolutely. Another little caveat with the prenatal massage, um, there are reflexology points in the hands and in the feet that can stimulate labor. And we don't want to do that. So... Up until your due date, during a massage, a prenatal massage, we're not gonna massage the hands and the feet because we don't wanna risk activating something that's gonna stimulate labor in your body because that's not good for you, it's not good for the baby. Once you're after your due date and you're like, get this out of me, by all means, I'll work on your feet for you and, and hit all those points in your ankle and your feet to try and, and naturally stimulate the labor for you. But until that point, it's not really safe for us to do it. I know your feet are probably gonna hurt. I know that there's lots of swelling. Sorry, but we just it's just not safe to do it at that point in the pregnancy. And with that, 
Generally speaking, the 38-week mark is your safe zone. But as Nicole was stating, for your due date for the reflexology points in the feet and the hands, unless otherwise directed and prescribed by your doctor stating that they would like you to have it done at 38 weeks or later, do make sure that it's in writing and brought to us whenever you come in so that way we know for sure that you just aren't trying to just say that your doctor is okay with it, but that way we know it's for sure. Yeah, we're going to need like a copy of that that we can keep in our files just so that we can refer back to that in future when, you're, when we're working on you. Also with prenatal massages, most of them are done in a sideline position. Generally, we are we have a pillow underneath the head and shoulders, so that way your head, neck, and shoulders are supported. We have a bolster underneath your knee, so that way it's not twisting your back or your body in the awkward positions. Um, for some of you females, late you ladies, that are comfortable with lying on your belly during your second trimester, it is okay to do that if you are comfortable with it. Some of you do get bigger early on than when you start to gain and get bigger later in the pregnancy. So if you're comfortable laying on your belly for the massage, that is perfectly okay. If not, side-lying is the best position that we can do those in. Like we harped on a little bit in the last video, it's all about your comfort. If, it make, if it's comfortable for you, great. If it's not comfortable for you, we can adjust. It's all about making sure you're comfortable during the treatment. Some of the benefits of prenatal massage, of course, include the relaxation aspect of it. It helps lower your blood pressure. So if you had high blood pressure before and you're afraid of developing preeclampsia, as long as your blood pressure is not too high and is still under control, then we can work to help lower that over the course of the pregnancy so you don't develop those conditions later on. Um, balancing your stress hormones help lowers your your cortisol and all of that. Um, we can do lymphatic drainage on the legs if you um, are toward, like towards the end of your pregnancy and you've got a lot of uh, lymphedema in your legs and feet or you know, if you've got some in your hands or whatever, we can, we can do lymphatic work in the limbs to help reduce that swelling and kind of flush some of that out. It also can uh, improve your mood as well during the pregnancy. While also massage in and of itself can help reduce anxiety and depression by releasing a hormone in the body called oxytocin, which is basically the happy hormone is what some of us like to call it. It just lifts up your mood, gives you a better outlook, and helps keep you positive. Mm -hmm. um, loosening of tight muscles is also another really great thing for all you lovely mothers out there. I know during this time, your lower back and your shoulders and your neck and everything are super, super tight from carrying the excess weight of that child that you are carrying. Um, it's so much beneficial for you all to get this done in a safe manner. Especially getting towards the end of your pregnancy when your, those hips start to open up and spread and that really, really stretches out and and pulls tight a lot of those muscles on the side of the hip and up into the low back. So prenatal massage can help to loosen all of that up and relieve a lot of that pain as your body prepares for delivery. Also, even after 
you have the baby, you can still technically get a prenatal massage if you're not comfortable with any of the lying on your belly or laying on your back for a long period of time. Uh, because after your pregnancy with carrying the child around on either your right or left side or however you carry them the most, those sides tend to get more aggravated and tense, which can cause your body to necessarily be lopsided so that way you're uneven and walking at a different gait than what you would normally do. So getting coming in and getting those muscles loosened back up will help even out your posture, will help even out your stride, help your hips settle back where they need to be, your back settle where it's supposed to be. A lot of great benefits even after yeah, you get done having the baby. Yeah, postnatal massage is every bit as important as prenatal. Because, um, again, you know, if you might be susceptible to something like postpartum depression, massage helps to balance out those hormones and can help to relieve some of the effects if you have postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety or anything like that. It's not a, it's not a replacement for medical treatment by any means, but it can help reduce some of those effects. Also, personally for me, if you do happen to have a C-section for your pregnancy, please do make sure that you have a medical clearance from the doctor stating that that incision is healed properly before you come into us and make sure you have a doctor's note stating that it is healed correctly before we try to do any type of massage services because in some instances some people do request an abdominal massage not every therapist does this but it is sometimes requested by you the clients yeah just like with any surgery you know make sure that you're in the clear make sure your doctor has released you for massage that you're healed up enough to be getting it because especially if it's something we don't know we we don't want to accidentally hurt you or damage you in any way by giving you a massage too soon we know you want to get in we know you want the massage we want to work on you but we want to do it safely that pretty much covers everything i think for uh prenatal uh as with any massage you know if you get in there and you have questions or you have concerns definitely ask us about it in the service uh, but now let's move on to my favorite thing cupping i love cupping these are some of my cups right here in front of me they're a nice clear silicone nice and squishy this is mainly what i work with but cupping is it's an ancient form of body work we've been cupping for almost as long as we've been massaging and i like to refer to it as a reverse deep tissue because you can get a lot of the same work done at, with cupping as you would with a deep tissue but you can get it done in a lot less time and it doesn't hurt as much. Um, cupping overall really shouldn't hurt at all. Like it might be a little pinchy at first, but once the pressure and everything is adjusted and your body realizes what's happening and starts loosening up, there shouldn't be any pain at all with cupping. But it helps to, it, what it does is it pulls the muscle up away from the bone, which creates a, a lovely little negative space in the tissue which allows fresh, clean blood to get in and start clearing out all of the cellular debris and other junk that's built up in the tissue. It also helps to stretch out and therefore relax the muscle and helps to loosen up the fascia, helps get rid of adhesions, kind of stretch out scar tissue, that kind of thing. And I will be the lovely demonstration model today for <laughs> you. Yeah, I've worked on Brian before, so he knows, he knows all about what I'm doing. So... 
like I said before, these cups that I have here are silicone. Practitioners use all different kinds of cups. There's, you know, the lovely silicone ones here. Uh, there's hard plastic ones that people use with a pump to create the suction. Um, there's the very, very traditional fire cupping, which is a glass cup that you stick a flaming cotton ball into, and it you know, eats out the air, and that's what creates the suction, and you put it on the body, and it's really, really cool, but um, the insurance for that's ridiculous, so I don't practice that one. <laughs> but like I said, it, it's, uh, it's a reverse deep tissue, where instead of compressing things down onto the bone, we're pulling things up away. So it's, it's more of a stretch than anything else. So some of the primary benefits are, as Brian can attest to, relaxation, pain relief, loosening of tight muscles and adhesions. Pretty much anything you can treat with massage, you can treat with cupping. As an equivalent for cupping, a 20-minute cupping session is relatively almost equal to, as we say, an hour's worth of deep tissue work by compressing the muscles onto the bone rather than pulling them away like the cups do. So you get more benefit quicker than you would with a deep tissue massage itself. Yep. And pretty much everybody can get cupping. Um, there's, there's very few limitations on who can and can't get cupping. You do have to do some modifications. For example, if someone was, was elderly, if I had a geriatric patient, I wouldn't do a lot of deep cupping just because their skin is a lot thinner and it's a lot more delicate and can't handle the, the suction as well. Um, the contraindications for cupping are pretty much identical to that of massage with one exception. If you are pregnant and you have not regularly had cupping before, we cannot do cupping for the duration of your pregnancy. It just, it messes too many things up. It puts too much junk in your tissue. It's, it's just not healthy to do it during pregnancy. But once you're finished with the pregnancy, absolutely, come in and get it done. Um, the only other contraindication that's cupping exclusive is you cannot get cupped again over old marks. So if you've gone and gotten cupping two days ago and you've still got marks, from the previous cupping session, you cannot get cupping over those marks. It has to be somewhere else on the body because the body hasn't had time to process all of the junk that we pulled to the surface in that session. So. I do know, and this from is a personal experience with cupping, as being a massage therapist and an esthetician, we use our hands and our elbows and forearms a lot during services, especially for massage. Primarily hands with facials, but as a massage therapist, your forearms get really, really tense and tender and even into your hands. So being able to pinpoint the target area for the treatment with cupping helps extend the longevity of how long you'll be able to do this as a career Mm -hmm. By continuing to keep those muscles properly worked out, stretched, anything like that. So that way, for us, we can provide several, several, several years of beneficial massages for you, the clientele, to give you the maximum effort that we can give from us. So I'm going to do a little demo on Brian here. So give me your room. I'm going to start on the underside so you can kind of see it a little better. I'm going to take my big cup. So with the silicone cups, you create the suction by squeezing. 
and then releasing. Now, as you can see, if you're watching, his skin is kind of sucked up into the cup. That's why I chose the, this really nice clear one so you can see it really well. Now, the longer you leave it on, the more it's going to mark up if there's a lot of junk in the tissue. If you're someone that's gotten a lot of cupping and you don't mark up as in much anymore, then you're not gonna see as much of the marking. Um, on the forearms and legs, you don't tend to mark up as much. And I feel I should mention here, it's not bruises. I'm not bruising you. These are octopus kisses. And I'll pull this cup off so you can kind of see. That's mainly the fresh blood there, but it'll be a similar mark if it's a really, you know, clogged up tissue underneath. And also, as the recipient of cupping, if at any time you do feel a sharp pinching sensation or anything like that, let your therapist know because it may be just a little bit too tight and they can relieve some of that pressure so that way it's more comfortable for you to experience. It's really easy to adjust the pressure in cups of any kind. It's just a little break the seal a little bit and let some more air. And if you're getting cupping done and it's too tight and it's painful somewhere and you tell your therapist this and they refuse to adjust it, run. Don't walk, run, because they will damage you if you're not careful. Generally speaking, there's, there's two different ways to do cupping. There's the stationary cupping, which is what I'm demoing here on Brian, but, there, but there's also moving cupping, which I will demonstrate on myself a little bit because I am basically Snow White's descendant and it's easy to see. So put a little bit of oil on, Create the section on the arm and then move it up and down. And you can, if you're watching, you can kind of see how it goes red along where I'm cupping. This is a gentler way of doing it. Rude. Rude. And sometimes if you do move too much, if you are a mover, especially if you have hair on your arms, it may break that seal on its own as we just saw like the one next to my wrist is also has broken the seal but that is just from even i'm not even moving and it's just sometimes the seals break because of the amount of hair that i may have on or sometimes there could possibly be too much product on the skin to where it's not being able to get that exact seal yeah if there's if there's too much product on there or if it's something really heavy like a cream, then the cup's not gonna stick very well. But removal of the cup, break the seal, off it pops. Now, you'll mainly see the octopus kisses on somebody's back after they've been cupped because the, the muscles there just tend to hold on to junk longer because there's not as much lymphatic flow. As I mentioned, cupping on the forearms and, and limbs, you don't tend to mark up as much because there's a lot more lymphatic flow. And since that, those marks are all of that cellular debris and other junk that's gotten pulled up to the surface where it's visible under the skin, the more lymphatic flow there is, the faster those marks are gonna clear up and dissipate. And you can assist that by doing some light lymphatic drainage on yourself, just kind of pulling the lymph through and, and letting things flush out so those marks clear up faster. 
As for the marks themselves, they generally tend to, they can last up to two weeks, but the way I do cupping, um, especially since I tend to start really gently if it's your first cupping session, they generally don't last much longer than a week. It, uh, it depends on your body, it depends on your usual level of hydration, it depends on how hydrated you were when you came in and how much junk there was in your tissue. Like if I'm cupping over an old muscle tear, it's probably gonna cup up, it's probably gonna mark up fairly dark and it's probably gonna stick around for a hot minute. But like I said, it's not bruises, so they don't hurt. There's no pain with the marks later on because it's not blunt force trauma, which is what a bruise is. It's just all of that cellular debris and other you know, junk in the tissue that's gotten pulled up to the surface so that the body can flush it out and get it out of your system. Uh, cupping is also really good for, as we've, as we've mentioned before, um, getting rid of adhesions and loosening up the fascia. Fascia is a connective tissue that encapsulates every muscle fiber and then encapsulates all the little bundles of muscle fiber up to and around the outside of the muscle itself and helps connect it to your skin and to other muscles and connective tissue so that you know your skin's not sliding all around on your body. But you still need to have a certain amount of movement. So some people, if you take um, your forearm and kind of pinch it and run your thumb along, you'll feel kind of crunchy stuff that's the fascia's gotten hard in that area and so you can like massage yourself you can go get a massage or you can get cupping done to help loosen that up and that'll take some of the pressure off the muscles help get rid of scar tissue any adhesions where it's holding where it's not supposed to which messes with the muscle function and that will help improve your pain levels and improve the muscle function as well and one of the really nice things about cupping as well is it's not just specifically designed for arms and hands and back and legs. You can do this on your face. You can do it on your feet, mm -hmm. uh, tops and bottoms of the feet, tops and backs of the legs, hands. I mean, they even have some that are probably small enough to where you could have it done on your fingers, so to speak. Yes. Um, but they do have facial cuppings where they have little bitty tiny ones to get up around the nose, around the mm -hmm. eyes, over the lips. So this is a full body treatment it's not a restricted treatment to certain specific areas. Yeah, and with, with facial cupping, you're not treating the muscles in the same way that you're treating the rest of the body. Most facial cupping is about uh, moving lymph, reducing puffiness. It's about boosting collagen production in the skin. It's about helping to smooth out wrinkles. I call it needleless Botox because if you get you know two facial cupping treatments a week for a few weeks, you can smooth out a lot of your wrinkles and really boost that collagen production. You can help sculpt the face a little bit and get cheekbones where there weren't cheekbones before. And then you just go back maybe once a month for regular touch-up treatments. And it's, it's a lot like getting Botox without the needles, helps smooth everything out and uh, just gives you more youthful appearance, increases blood flow, all that fun stuff. Um, we don't do stationary cupping on the face. It's all moving cupping and like little suction release. So it's not gonna be sitting long enough for you to develop marks. Uh, when I went and got my cupping certification, my teacher told me a delightful story about how her husband had a headache and he pulled out her facial cups and was rubbing them over his forehead because that's something we can do for, for headache relief is to release the muscles under there with some moving cupping. 
Well, he discovered that if he, he left it right in the middle of, of his forehead, it made the headache go away. So he went back into his, in his home office and went back to work. And she came home from the grocery store and saw the cup on his forehead and said, sweetie, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I had a headache. And he was a unicorn for two weeks because he'd forgotten about the cup and left it on his forehead, and he ended up getting an octopus kiss on his forehead. So he was basically a unicorn for two weeks while the mark cleared up, and everybody thought that she had been beating on him. So after that, she had to lock her cups up because he could not be trusted to, to use them properly. <laughs> it's my favorite story. One of the things that I did for, that we did forget even going back through within the first episode of going over spa etiquette and what to expect with your massages. One thing, especially during the summertime, if you get a sunburn, the area that is burnt whenever you come to get a normal massage, a prenatal, a cupping session, that area has to be healed and the sunburn has to be gone away before we can work that area because the skin and the muscles, not necessarily the muscles, but the skin is damaged and already aggravated, we do not want to make that any worse than what it is already. And same with cupping. I, like I mentioned before, most contraindications for massage carry over to cupping. They're pretty much identical. If you've got a sunburn, I am not putting one of these on you over that sunburn because that is just going to make things so much worse. It's going to pull a lot of stuff out like you might not see on the surface anything come out from the cupping session but it, it does microscopically bring some junk out through the surface and so your skin's going to be more tender and more sensitive after a cupping session so any kind of uh, you know fresh scarring like super fresh bruising anything like that burns you can't do cupping over because that's just going to make it worse uh, aftercare for cupping Basically, you want to avoid extremes in temperature for the next, you know, six hours, six to eight hours. So don't go hop in a sauna after you get cupping done. Don't go out and, you know, work in the field planting flowers you know, right after. Don't go out and go for a run in a tank top in the snow. You know, just basically avoid extremes in temperature. You want to, you want to keep the area warm but not hot. You don't want to sweat a lot because that skin, like I mentioned, is going to be really sensitive and you're not going to like what happens when you sweat on through those cup marks. It's going to be real nasty. Uh, you also don't want to put product on for the next few hours. So don't go and apply any lotions or any you know serums or anything like that because your skin might be fine with it normally, but it's really open and really hypersensitive after you get cupping done. So you don't want to risk having um, a reaction of some kind to something, or even maybe giving yourself an accidental chemical burn because your skin was so open and it had such a bad reaction to a product. You are gonna wanna drink a lot of water. Same with the massage, half your body weight in ounces over the next 12 hours after the treatment. Uh, you're gonna wanna avoid alcohol after getting cupping done. You really should avoid it after massage too, but especially after cupping because like I said, your skin's gonna be really sensitive. You sweat a lot of stuff out. When, when you drink and you eat food that's not good for you. Uh, a lot of it comes out through your skin. And when your skin's open and sensitive with cupping, you don't want to, to have that coming out while it's so sensitive. Um, after that six to eight hour mark, you're pretty much fine. The marks will still be there and the marks are generally as dark as they're gonna get within a couple of hours. So you have a good idea of you know whether or not you wanna wear that 
backless dress to the party. Um, you, maybe you want to show off your octopus kisses and hand out my business card. I don't know. But uh, you might not want to do that, and that's okay. But I think I've covered pretty much everything with, with the cupping. Um, if you mention this podcast, when you're booking in a, ser a service, you'll get $15 off your treatment. And uh, that's basically a free cupping add-on at the casino location. It's been a pleasure talking about my passion with you, and hopefully we'll see you soon. Y'all have a wonderful day, and thank you for being with us.